1: is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I am your lone host today, Maggie Loney, not joined by Jacob Westendorf or Jimmy Christensen. Hopefully, the gang will be back together next week. But today, I have a very special guest, my good friend Sanjay Murthy from the Freezer podcast. So, Sanjay, thank you so much for coming in last minute to help me record an episode.
1: This is long overdue. <laughs> uh, we had you on as a guest like way back when, when we were just like this little unknown podcast. And I figured this would be a collaboration that would be happening on the, on the monthly, maybe. And here we are (laughs) two years later and I'm on your awesome show. So thank you. No, this is an honor to be on here.
2: Yeah, I feel really bad because Jimmy picked the topic for tonight and then Jimmy had to bail at the last minute because <laughs> his wife may or may not be exhibiting signs of early labor. So we had to oh. get that get that taken care of. All right. Um, He's got
1: an excuse. He's got a good excuse.
2: Yeah, it's a very good excuse. But he <laughs> came up with the topic of ranking position groups from strongest to weakest. So I brought you on because you disagree with me on literally everything that we talk about except Taco Bell. But yeah, that's- absolutely, <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. I'm glad that we have that in common.
2: <clears throat> so let's let's just jump right in, Sanjay. You are the guest, so why don't you give the listeners your number one <laughs> position group strongest starting starting. Let's
1: start at the top. Start number one. Start
2: the top. Okay, all right.
1: Uh, number one, I have the offensive line, um, and this is barring uh, David Bakhtiari coming back strongly. Probably, uh, I mean. I'm not one to, like, rush someone into an, a season, especially a guy of his, you know, importance uh, and value. So, I mean, if he's not ready to go by week one, I mean, don't push it. Like, I, who do you, I mean, who do we play week one? I, I don't even have my schedule the here. Saints. The Saints. So, Taysom Hill led Saints or Jameis Winston led Saints. I think we would be okay, you know, with the makeshift offensive line for that game if it had to be. But sounds like he's making a lot of good progress. But this is based on everybody behind him. Um, I think this is one group that I know uh, your other uh, co-host Andy had mentioned that this was like a a position maybe that we were kind of nervous about. And now we go into, you know, OTAs and mini camps and rookie camp of, you know, man, there's might be some more desirable, you know, uh, players that are fighting for a lot of positions now all that. Now, with that being said, a lot of it is at the guard position, more so at the tackle. But the fact that some of these guys can p- potentially play the guard position like Lane Taylor did for so f- uh, for those few years, Um, maybe these guys could do that kind of same, that same kind of role. But I really do like this depth, honestly, like I think this is just something that actually kind of came out of nowhere and which is great to have. It's a great problem to have. And it seems like and I don't know if this is going to continue, but maybe we might be looking at that eight, nine, ten offensive line kept uh going into the ninety uh, man or the fifty two man roster sorry um so what is your thought on the offensive line or maybe I guess you could just share what, what your number one is
2: yeah, so I like that we're already disagreeing that sets the tone really well for the show because <laughs> <Great>. like <laughs> pre show uh we talked about how Jimmy and I seem to agree on everything on accident, so you yeah. know this is this is better for the topic itself but <laughs> I'm going to catch some heat for this. I feel like I I feel like I'm going to get some flack for this, but my number one is the running backs. And let me explain why. So you have Aaron Jones who he had a very good season in 2020, better season in 2019 had 1100 yards rushing. We've seen glimpses at what AJ Dillon can be. I know the Titans game is not going to be what he looks like every week. That's kind of, you know, what his best performance can look like. But if you think about the two of them as a tandem, and it's no disrespect to Jamal Williams A.J. Dillon is going to get his reps. And as far as just starting the season with a feeling of security at a position, maybe it's, you know, like you said, the David Bakhtiari unknowns of whether or not he'll play. I think when we're talking about a position group that you have the utmost faith in to get the job done, the tandem of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon does that for me. And I maybe after the season we're talking about them like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt from the Browns where they could be a tandem that goes for almost... Two thousand rushing yards, like the Browns, or you know, their eighteen touchdowns. That that seems lofty, but
1: just I'm, remember, I'm feeling maybe. good about the running backs. Just remember where they they they're nothing without my number one pick. So just remember right. who they need. So in we kind of them. yeah, we teamed up. <laughs> so yeah, we did team up. All right, I like it. <laughs> I mean, that you're you're gonna like you know the, I, maybe we might start getting a little bit more similar here. But go ahead, you can lead us off with number two. Then
2: you want me to? Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, mine. Go ahead. I, I flip flop <laughs> these a little bit in my my head and. I went with the running backs because of the, pos- the position solidification and like what we've seen from Aaron Jones is a number one back. My number two is the edge rushers because to me is hey! <laughs> got got a Darius. You got a second team all pro Sean yes. Gary had perhaps like his best play- like performance of the season in the playoffs. We're thinking Preston Smith is going to have a bounce back year. He looks leaner. He probably fits Joe Barry's scheme a little bit better than Mike Patton. So it, it sounds like we match. So, Go ahead and elaborate on why they're your second. I'll
1: I'll kind of segue with or not segue, but I'll kind of co- go off of your Preston Smith and just the fact that you has the similarity with Joe Barry. Maybe he can get that little bit of a uh, little bit out of him, especially when you have a young Preston Smith that he was just trying to prove himself in the league, trying to get himself into that you know rotation with the, another set of good outside linebackers in Washington at the time, but. I think there's that similarity, that comfort. I mean, you know how guys are when they see some guys that they did enjoy or learned a lot from, uh, coaching-wise. So, that always helps. It really does. Especially, you know, when you're going into a potential new system i don't know how new it's going to be or how much you know verbiage or how much the, the scheme is going to change but we'll find that out in a, in a month here or sorry at the end of this month but i do like it yeah the outside linebacker position it, it just seems like it's so solidified and maybe with the growth and the you know um you know the the year two or year three i guess for uh for rashawn gary can make that push for that, okay, look, we can just keep rotating these guys, obviously that's very uh, uh, uh I guess it, it, it's based off what we can get from a different position, which we'll get to later uh yep. but yes, I think i i'm I'm glad that we agree here at least with number two
2: <clears throat> yeah so so why don't you go ahead then we'll flip flop you can go uh right. to number three so
1: uh you had them at number one, and I kept okay. them at number three, so my running backs because I had the offensive line at number one. Depending on what situation we have with another position, uh, the most important position, um, I went with the running backs because they are going to be probably the focal point of Matt LaFleur's system, especially in this weird year where we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and the fact that if you're really building this offense line to be very stout, huge, uh, maulers enforcers on the, uh, on the, in the trenches, then this is where they got to eat. And you're right. When you have AJ Dillon, who is, you know, quadzilla and you have, uh, obviously Aaron Jones, you know, just this awesome scat back that can do everything that you ask him to do. Um, and more, obviously, I don't even want to, I don't know why I called him a scat back, but he is everything that you'd want in a traditional running back. Uh, and then more, I just think this is a good tandem. And I think also let's not forget too, we may have to throw a little dabble of, you know, (laughs) Amari Rogers. In there too, because you never know. He might line up in that r- running back position and he might be in that room like uh Ty Montgomery was a lot of those times in the end of the end of his little tenure at Green Bay, and they might try to use him up in different uh, ways, especially in like the Wildcat, maybe, or a lot of end arounds. Of so that position gets a little bit more skillful. I mean, if we had Tyler Irvin, I mean, we would be talking about this position. I mean, maybe I would be putting him at number two. I don't <laughs> know, but it's a really good, strong position, and I like where I'm at with number three. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so my number three stays on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you're making me feel like I buried the O-line a little bit, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not good. For me, uh, number three is the safeties. And there's not a ton of depth here. I get why that would be a concern. Will Redmond definitely probably had one of his worst performances of the year and on the biggest stage, which sucks for players, you know, when they're trying to bounce back. But clearly the Packers liked what they saw in him from a depth piece. You got Henry Blackford and Scott not a ton of proven talent in that room outside of the starters, obviously Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. And towards the end of the season, they were ranking in the top as probably the best safety tandem in football. So, you know, Savage led the team in interceptions in 2020. So I think if you're looking at a position that's solidified, you know, maybe the caveat here is you're hoping these starters don't get injured. But if you are talking about positions where you feel comfortable and confident going into the season with your starters, Then the safeties rank high for me, especially knowing how Joe Barry could utilize both of them, whether he's dropping Amos in the box, whether Darnell Savage plays a little bit of nickel that we've heard, you know, from some of the reporters that have been at camp, whatever happens. The safety group is one that
1: I feel really good about, at least from the starters. I, this was a position group where I was kind of like, okay, maybe I could have tossed him where you had him at a four spot. I'll get to My little, you know, uh, you know, explanation on my safeties, but my number four spot or because we're at four, right? Just to be honest. I just did my three. So oh, now you, you're three. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm good with the safeties though. I do like that. I just have them a little bit lower than you. But um if you're ready for my four, I can give yeah. you my four. Let's do it. So with that being said, you're going to see a little bit of what I'm doing here, but I have the quarterbacks at number 4. Same. And this is Oh, okay, great. So, <laughs> I wanted to keep them high because no matter what if Rodgers comes back, obviously this would probably be like your most like probably your one or two. Um and then the I think it's just that like allure or that potential of what Jordan Love could be, um with his type of athletic body, with his, you know, upside of his age, uh with his, you know, just like this new aura of like what it's like it's like it's like this little toy that you can't technically play with yet as a kid, <laughs> and then you're like, "Well, when can I play with it?" One one year of age, right? It's like almost what I want to do with my future kid, right? I have these I have these Nintendo systems, right? And oh, like yeah. that's going to be great for them. We're going to start them slow, like Game Boy, like how I did, right? And so I want that to be kind of like their you know like toy that they want to play with because they see <laughs> it on the ledge, but they just can't do it yet because they're not ready. And I think this is the same situation with the quarterback position. I think it's definitely one of the strongest positions because there is that like potential that Jordan Love could be our next 16 year uh starter we don't know and maybe he might not be but i'm going with the the plus side because of the track record that we've had in the draft and with our scouts and everything like that. So I'm going to trust Brian Gutekinds in this one. And uh, I'm going to trust that maybe Aaron Rodgers comes back and we can keep them up in the top uh, part of the ranking. So what about you and your quarterbacks?
2: Yeah. So my quarterbacks come with a caveat, which is cheating, but it's, it's my episode so I can cheat. <laughs> yeah, go I ahead. Want. you do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> If it's Aaron Rodgers to me, it's, it's number four, like a firm for potentially could be higher, but you know, there's always like a little bit of drop off from an MVP season. We don't think he's going to potentially have the same exact season that he did in 2020. If he did, that would be incredible. Would love that, you know, no qualms for me, but I think it's just hard to sustain that kind of success twice, especially with the caliber of opponents that this, this team is playing. You know, they have the entire AFC North, they have the NFC West. It's a really tough draw on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me if it's Jordan Love, it drops down to eight. And that's no disrespect to Jordan Love. It's just no, he's right. he's a completely unknown commodity. So I went into this with the caveat that it will be Aaron Rodgers. I do think he comes back. I think the more we're hearing, or maybe even the less we're hearing, I should say, it's that makes me think that something's gonna get done unless he out of the blue retires. But that's not that's not what this episode's about. So we're we're gonna yeah, keep quarterback right, of we're, right we're at number positive,
1: four. Right? <laughs> All right. So I went first last time, so you can take number five.
2: All right. So this is where I have my offensive line and five feels a little bit low, but <laughs> okay. you know that we're talking about 11. It's not, groups. yeah,
1: it's not in the bottom. So that, yeah, it's above still half. top
2: half. And yeah. you know, Obviously, it's hard. You have a first-team all-pro left tackle, likely Hall of Famer. If his career stays on this trajectory, you have a top-three guard in football in Elton Jenkins. But I think the question marks are the other side of the interior. We we think Josh Myers can be good, but we don't really know yet. The Packers invested a high draft pick, assuming that he'll be good. By all accounts that we're hearing from camp, we're thinking that he will get the starting job. It doesn't seem like anybody has really challenged him for that. Um, Billy Turner gives you a ton of versatility at right tackle. But, you know, right guard is a question mark. And Lucas Patrick looked good last year. There's John Runyon Jr. There's Ben Braden. There's Royce Newman. There's a ton of names that are coming up that could potentially fill that spot. But I think until we know what that line looks like, you know, and maybe maybe the depth that they have, there's a reason that it should be higher. But given kind of the security that I felt in all of the other positions, this was a tough one. This was probably my hardest unit to place, I will say. And and five feels low, but, you know, it is
1: what it is. (laughs) I just kept it at one because I feel like it it – arguably is the most important position uh, on that side of the ball, just based on what it, it, what its impact is. Um, But yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think there is that maybe we need to come back to this again in uh, <laughs> September and then we'll be like, all right, we saw what they could do in training camp. Um, My five, and this is why I had my quarterbacks at four and Jordan love, regardless if he's starting or not at four, because I have the wide receivers at number five. Interesting. Okay. Um, because I, if you see now, I have my offensive line, my running backs, my quarterbacks, and my receivers all in the top five. Because I think this is what the situation that Jordan Love would be getting himself into. You have a pretty above average offensive line, probably more close to good uh, when, you know, uh, Bakhtiari returns. Because, like you said, that right side is questionable. Um, but then you have your running backs that we just rated pretty high. And then the wide receivers to me, is it flashy? No, it is very top heavy, obviously, with Devante. Um, And then, you know, there's got to be somewhat of a drop off, but it seems like he keeps consistently doing what he's doing too. But 14 TDs, or sorry, 18 TDs, whatever he had last year, that's probably going to come down based on Rogers' performance or obviously Jordan Love. But I do, for some reason, like MVS's year three jump. I think he's starting to understand like where he, sorry, this is year four for him, right? Should be year four. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My, my apologies. Um, you know, with year four and understanding, okay, he's literally seen it all. He's gone through the dumps and he's gone to the high point of, you know, clutching a game, making a big impact in the NFC Championship game. He's shown what he can do on the worst and the best side of of football. So I think there's a big leap of confidence for him going into the season, regardless of who the quarterback is. Obviously, if it's Rodgers, there's more chemistry. But then I think there's Alan Zard, who's nice, as a nice piece just to know that, look, this is a security blanket kind of receiver. A guy that you can just like as a big body that can get you these tough 10 yards, seven yards, first downs, things like that. And then the, the uh, potential of Amari Rogers, what can you do with, for a quarterback? that's young, if it's Jordan Love, and giving him short, immediate passes, whether if it's screen game, whether it's the the slants, the, you know, the rollouts or whatever, you know, drag routes, whatever it is, he could be a huge part of this offense. And I think Matt LaFleur really wants this kind of, you know, toy. We're back to that topic again, that toy that you can really use uh, to really make this offense flow. So I have them at number uh, five. I do like the fact that, you know, there's even at the very back end of it, like with a guy like EQ, a guy who's trying to fight for his position here, that's a really good number four or five. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. just a nice luxury to have that, like, hey, maybe you might not make it. But if we do, you're a four or five. Like, that's awesome. So that's I got them at number five.
2: Yeah, I you're very offensive heavy, which I I you know, uh, I, I like. I,
1: <laughs> you're gonna see I, why.
2: <laughs> well, and the defense is kind of an unknown commodity, so I'll I'll kick it off at six. I do have the defense at six, and I have the cornerbacks, which feels a little bit rich to me. I maybe could have swapped them with my seven, but Jair Alexander, being a second team All Pro, to me kind of boosts that entire unit as a whole. The Packers obviously invested a first round pick in Eric Stokes. He looks good by all accounts. He's having a really good training or an offensive uh, or uh, OTAs looks good there, but you know, he's unproven. It's not game time action. Kevin King is hot and cold. Kevin King had an exceptional 2019, you know, he led the team in interceptions, went into a prove it year, had unfortunately the same as Will Redmond had probably his worst performance of the season when it mattered the most in an NFC championship game. That's what fans will remember. And when you're playing opposite Jair Alexander, you're about, you're bound to get targeted. It's going to happen a lot and it's going to be challenging. So, you know, I, I get that he's kind of hot and cold, but I think that I would feel, I feel better having Kevin King and a rookie first round draft pick than I would have just Jair and a first round draft pick. So, you know, I know the nickel position is also kind of unproven. We don't know if it'll be Shannon Sullivan, Shamar, John Charles, whoever that ends up being, but I think there's depth there. I think there's interesting pieces there. I love KB Nento. nobody leads the hype train quite like Andy Herman, but I, yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I, I like the depth there. What about you at number
1: six? So this is where I had my outside linebackers like you at that high position at two with the defense. And then I went like you said, strong on offense. So this is where I go safety at six only because there is, I think they're the most solidified defensive position after the offense or outside linebacker position that I'm like, okay, you have two, you know, Obviously, solid pieces at strong safety, free safety, whatever you have. And then, yes, after that, for all this, for this entire list, I, you know, mentioned off air that, you know, I'm going based off of after the starters. And yes, the Will Redmond, you know, (laughs) backup. And then my actual little tease that I want to, you know, maybe throw out there, especially going into this season, is a Josh Jackson. Maybe do you see him getting utilized in a safety role if the cornerback position doesn't pan out this is his last chance his last hurrah maybe on you know this you know this preseason or sorry this offseason training camp um maybe joe barry can find something for him at at the safety position, which I like because of his size and maybe he can be an inbox kind of safety, or maybe he can be the, the, the free roaming safety. I don't know what he can do based on his size. Cause sometimes he doesn't seem like he's a willing tackler, but he definitely is a ball Hawk. So it kind of like him in the back end. So I don't know, you know, where everybody fits in the, you know, in the Joe Barry system at this point, But I do like that potential for him. That's why I have this team at, or this position at six. But like, you know, with Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, like, I think it's just a nice one-two punch that you're like you like you mentioned it it could be that tandem where people are like well what do you do you can't go over the top on them you're hoping that a guy like kevin king can be, <laughs> be burned by a, a little guy and then he beats you for the end zone and gets a touchdown right before half um that's kind of what i think about when you think or you talk about our safeties is that i don't think you're beating them you're beating our corners so that's i have them at the six
0: spot we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, I like that. And the Josh Jackson thing is tricky. You know, there's know. plenty of other position groups that have that same that same question mark, I guess, at, at guys that are position fluid. But yeah, so so let's do number seven, because I feel like Josh Jackson could be an entire episode with the amount <laughs> that we would want to talk about him. So am I first now? Go ahead. You could, yeah, you okay, can do seven.
1: So seven is my cornerback. See, like now I'm starting to show okay. you how my, my position <laughs> flow. Um, because like you said, you have your one all pro kind of corner and then it's, it drops like yep. pretty hard. And I, I do like your sentiment on Kevin King. I'm not a, I'm not the Kevin King basher. I really am not. I am upset what happened in the, you know, in the NFC championship game, but then it, you know what? I got to be upset at Aaron Rodgers. I got to be upset with Aaron Jones. I got to be upset with Devontae Adams. Cause a lot of these guys didn't come to play at all. So, you know, it's not on him only. Like, did he have, did it really look bad on him? Of course it did. But Kevin King, like you said, in 2019 had a pretty decent year, but 2020 had a little bit off of a year. So could he maybe bounce back in a, in a, in a way that he needs to make money and like put food on the table because he needs to show and perform. I, this is a good, like, you know, chipping on his shoulder. Maybe this is the way that he gets himself back at it because the guy kept tweeting out hundred mil, like whatever he would do. <laughs> and he ain't making it close to that. So, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a cornerback group that I do think could potentially be, you know, uh okay. I mean, it, it's, I hate saying that when you have Jair Alexander, but then when you know that he's solid, you can attack someone else and that's what teams have done. And so, and we don't know what the the star position is going to be or the nickel corner. I I mean, we don't have like a solidified person. So I, I'm going to leave it right there at that with number seven. I like the potential, but there's a lot of question marks.
2: So this is great because my seven is wide receivers, which means that our eight, nine, ten, and eleven are the same four positions in yes, some type of ranking, which yes. felt like kind of the easiest as far Probably. as you know the ranking. But yeah, so my seven is wide receivers. You have the best receiver in the NFL and Devonte Adams. You know, his supporting cast is kind of the question mark here. I feel pretty confident in what the Packers have in MBS. Like, you know, he knows his role. He's stepped into his role. I think the beginning half of the season was kind of a question mark for him, but then he makes plays like he did in the Colts game. And I know that the flip side of that is then you, you could argue that he like cost them overtime. Like, you know, you take the good with the bad, but he had one of the better performances against the Buccaneers. Like he, towards the end right. of the season was coming into his own. And I think, you know, whether it's love or Rogers, he is going to be that deep threat, that burner for this offense. And I think he's only getting better. Like you said, it's year four. It's a prove it year. He's going to be on his final year of the contract. We don't know what it'll, what it'll look like in 2022, but for now, I think you feel pretty comfortable saying that MBS is your wide receiver too. We have Amari Rogers. He adds a completely new wrinkle to the offense. He's exciting, but you know, it's an unproven wrinkle. So you don't necessarily right. know at this point what that can be. And Lazard looked good before his injury. And then kind of fell off. So it's a good starting four. We don't know who the fifth will be. I get the hunch it's Devin Funchess. Just, you know, don't feel like they would bring him in to, to not have him secure a spot. But whether there's six receivers and they keep an EQ or a Bailey Gaither for some help on special teams or Juwan Winfrey, who looked really good in, you know, OTAs with Jordan Love, whatever it is, I feel like wide receivers, the potential is there, but it's a lot of unproven potential.
1: I'm just, I, I'm, I just feel so bad for the wide receivers that you rated them <laughs> so low that I feel like, you know, th- just more for Devonte's sake. And I feel like, you know, the, the other three are not as bad, but <laughs> you know what? Hey, I can't, I can't knock on, this is your show. I'm not going to come on your show and insult you. So, but <laughs> you literally just did. I just <laughs> <laughs> hey, It's what I'm here for. All right. So great. So you can lead us off to number eight, right? It's all you.
2: Yeah, so I, I understand. It It feels like a slight to Devontae Adams, but as far as, let's talk about, okay, there's nobody under contract outside of Amari Rogers going into 2022.
1: <laughs> that, that is very so, scary, yes. There you go. Uh, my
2: my number eight is the other pass catchers, the tight ends. Same. Um, To me, you know, Robert Tunyon had a breakout 2020. Not sure if that's, like, if 11 touchdowns or a repeatable performance. It seems like it was really lofty. Jay Sternberger's going into his third year. It's absolutely a prove-it year for him, and he's already got a two-game suspension to start the season, so that kind of puts him behind the eight ball. Josiah Deguara is really fun. I'm excited to see what he can do now that he's healthy. Mercedes Lewis knows his role. He owns it. You know, he's a security blanket for Aaron Rodgers, but he's not going to be like a field-stretching, big-bodied guy. So I think if we're talking about positions that actually have really good depth, the tight ends could go higher. I love Dominique Daphne. I think he brings a fun dynamic to the offense too, but I'm struggling to see the Packers keeping five tight ends. You know, I I think, you know, Daphne could end up being that odd man out. So as far as the production that we're expecting to get from the tight ends, that's why they're so low is I don't know if Tunyon can compete, like compete with his own 2020 stats. And then, you know, whatever will happen with Sternberger and Deguara.
1: So Fred hates when I knock on Bob Tunyon like he, (laughs) He 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 makes he almost says I should just go be a Bears fan when I knock on him. So like he's got this love for him and I get it. Like he he he's got the cool hair and he's got the funny name. <laughs> like I get it, man. I do, but like I just don't believe it. I need inside the 20s. That's what I need, you know, from a tight end. I want I'm not saying he needs to be Kelsey Kittle. Like I'm I i do not expect that, but I do expect him to get more first downs or get more clutch or not clutch but just like impactful catches i know touchdowns are impactful obviously but it you know this whole scheming these guys open and like wide open end zone touchdowns like uh, that's not like a you know a lie it's literally factual evidence that you can use your own eyes and see how wide open now granted he made the route he made the miss he did use his speed like obviously that's all plays into it so I don't know. I'd love to see one more year. I'm going to keep getting flack on this. I know immediately, (laughs) as soon as we start the show, he's just going to give me a a bad look. But I also have a shocking story. I do not think Jay Sternberger is going to make the roster. I think Daphne is going to take his spot. Only because I think... This little, uh, you know, uh, incident maybe against him in the sense of, hey, look, we've given you ample opportunities. Now, obviously, he's been injured, so that does kind of hurt him a little bit, too. But Daphne, you know, I think there's something about the guy that has nothing, that grinds so much more. And, like, you know, he's a practice squad guy. He comes out of the street and he you know, there's a reason he got to play and he, there's a reason why he was getting, you know, uh, looks and he was getting like, you know, <laughs> boasts from his, uh, from the hall of fame quarterback. So I don't know. I really like him in this training camp. I hope I'm wrong. Cause I do like Jace. Cause you know, the guy could have some really great speed that we don't really see too much of, but yes, yeah, at least you, you, everything that you said about the roles, uh, of the rest of the players, Josiah DeGuara, it'll be nice to see what he can bounce back to because hopefully his head was just in the playbook all year long. And he's just like, all right, I know I can do that. I could do that. You asked me to do this. I'll do that. Like because he has a big role. I really do think he does.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And it's tricky because I mean, to me, when I look at the tight ends, you know, I think of Robert Tonyan as basically the only lock as a field stretching tight end. So that's where Jay Sternberger comes in. Right. I think of Dominic Daphne in kind of a similar vein to Josiah Deguaro, where he could fill an H back. And we saw a little bit of what he can do as a field stretcher, but it was, you know, it's limited reps against what the lions. So, you know, it's hard to like put a sample size on kind of what we're seeing. So I think preseason will be kind of a good look at that. But to me, that's where I think Jace gets the edge, just in the fact that the Packers don't necessarily have like big bodied field stretching middle of the defense kind of targets outside of Tunyon. But I feel like we're kind of in agreement on the final three. I don't want to jinx it, but go ahead. And (laughs) you tell me uh, who your number nine is.
1: Uh, so the number nine I gave just out of respect, uh, I gave it to the defensive line. Um, so I, I went with Kenny Clark because he is obviously the guy that eats, um, you know, in the defensive line, obviously you'd like to see someone, you know, right next to him, um, clog up those, you know, holes. Maybe it is our, you know, our new rookie. I forget his name. I always forget it. What is it? It's TJ Slayton. Slayton. Thank you. I just saw his dunking ability. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, you know, I think, you know, he clearly can, you know, jump over offensive lineman if he really needed to. Uh, but anyway, no, I think there's gotta be something that, you know, someone that needs to step up if it's Kingsley Kiki or if it's, you know, uh, Dean Lowry. I mean, I don't even know if Dean Lowry is going to be make it to September, uh, based on, you know, what we can get, you know, on a cut on a friendly cut. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks with defensive line and, The only thing that you know you got is Kenny Clark, and we've seen what it happens when he's the only one there, and they keep double and potentially triple teaming him, and you basically lose everything. And then you're having, you know, your linebackers take on the offensive lineman, which just you know leaves more open holes for the run game, which we've seen consistently where running backs are able to eat against us. And you know, there was we got a lot better. I will say that we did get a lot better last year in comparison to 2019, but still a focal point of where teams, you know, will still try to attack that, you know, now that they, they know that there's Kevin King on the outside, they could attack that too. But (laughs) there is, you know, that, uh, you know, there's, there's that center of the defense where I'm a little concerned. Um, So what about you? What, what is your number nine?
2: So we didn't agree. I jinxed it, but (laughs) (laughs) to me, I have it as the inside linebackers just because, you know, Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have shown, promise, but it's not maybe necessarily what the Packers are incredibly confident in, just given that they signed Devondre Campbell. I think Devondre Campbell will come in and immediately start. I don't know if he'll be the every down backer, but I don't think they would bring him in given the fact that he's played like 75% of defensive snaps his entire career to just have him come in as like a third down guy or you know whatever the package would be. So I think that says that you know, maybe they're looking for at least a third option, whether it's because both guys have a little bit of an injury history their their rookie seasons, but I do think Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin will play quite a bit. I just think that Devondre Campbell is like a little bit of insurance. And part of that is, you know, we don't know what Oren Burks will be like. I don't necessarily see him making the roster. Ty Summers has been reliable on special teams just like Oren Burks has, but He's gotten some opportunities as a Mike linebacker, but just not enough to like claim a roster spot from a guy like Barnes or Martin or Devondre Campbell. So to me, I mean, I think there's interesting pieces there, but if we're talking about the inside linebacker group as a whole and knowing kind of what it means to Joe Barry's defense and how prominent it can be, I just, I have to put them above the defensive line solely because I think there's better depth there.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, it's you actually, I'll let you lead off, but I like you. I do. I I mean, you, I mean, what you said was true because at least for the depth, I do understand that. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I think, I think we just flip-flopped here. Like my defensive line is number 10 and I think it's, you know, arguably that unit struggled the most in 2020. Kenny Clark looked really good, but he had some injury hiccups and then, you know, he needs a supporting cast, which he didn't have for most of the season. Dean Lowry actually looked really good in the playoffs, but Again, you know, he was kind of lost for a lot of the regular season. Kingsley Kiki showed flashes like he had the two sacks against the Saints, but it was too few and far between. Um, I love TJ Slayton. I think he's so fun, but I don't think you can expect too much from a rookie, their, their rookie year, especially, you know, a guy that's more of a run stuffer than a pass rusher. Um, Tyler Lancaster, I guess, is the only other big-bodied guy. I kind of see all five of them making the roster. I don't think TJ Slayton would, like, usurp Lancaster for a position at this point on the roster solely because he's a rookie. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's the unit that has struggled the most, and I think that that's where we kind of need to see the most improvement to know how the defense measures up.
1: I agree. Um, I put the linebackers here at 10 just because they're (sighs) – there is no Kenny Clark in that position. So uh that's that respect thing. Uh just to give him a little nudge uh, higher. I get but you. uh yeah, just the fact that you know uh they get injured so much. <laughs> like it's it almost seems <laughs> like in every game, it's like, oh, someone's going out. Come on, Martin's going out. Or, you know, I I just I just don't understand where like <laughs> I'm I, I don't understand the human body in an NFL football game, but you know, it just seems like they are very like you know prone to getting hurt um but it's a it's a rough game and they have probably one of the roughest positions to play because they do have to tackle probably the most but i do like the fact that you know the linebacker position has potential to at speed um we have seen more speed from these guys and you know i think it's you know it's nice knowing that like the sideline to sideline thing we saw what christian kirstie could do and it really wasn't much obviously oren Burks had all the speed. It's just, I don't know what, you know, up here or the tackling or obviously the staying healthy part too, you know, played in a factor in the NFL. Cause obviously that's the one problem that we have. Everybody can look great in college against all these other college kids. But then when you come into the pros, you know, you're now you're playing against the big boys. So, uh, obviously that transition to this play uh, to this, uh, league has not taken. Um, and like, I, like you said, I I do agree that maybe he's probably not making the roster. Ty Summers is also another one that I'm kind of like yes, you're uh you're right. Special teams, monster. Yeah, run down the field, go tackle that one guy with the ball. <laughs> sure, go do that and don't let anybody get past you. Great. But what is he giving you in that added element on the defensive side? Very suspect in coverage. Um, you know, obviously he does have a good vision inside, but like doesn't, you know, really tackle the best in my opinion. But um, so yeah, I, there's potential, but I, you know, like you know, it's that number 10. So there's, there's room uh-huh. for growth. You can only get higher, right? You can't get lower than our number 11.
2: I was going to say, and that's the thing. We have 11 groups to rank. So somebody has got to be 11 and you know, you hope that means it's the biggest turnaround, but <laughs> Clearly, we're in agreement here that special teams as a whole is position eleven. So I'll, I'll let you explain it, why.
1: It was my first thing I wrote down. <laughs> teams was like, you can't talk about power rankings and not have the special teams be the worst thing. Because yep. until you can tell me that you can get a consistently, you know, good on coverage, also uh, maybe get a kick return or a punt returner or or something. We did have that one block by Josh Jackson. Um, and I don't know if there's been anything since then, but if that's the last one, like, come on. I mean, so I think there just needs to be an, uh, I mean, we've had so many different like journeyman, special teams coaches in. So I don't know. I, I, it's so bad that it's just like, I, I, the one thing though, we have Mason Crosby. All right. So there is one shining moment to this. Uh, and that fact that he can kick field goals really well. Um, but, you know we do have a jk scott and that it to me that's a little upsetting to me because you did uh, spend a draft pick on him and you know he's had moments but that's it it's just moments so i need more consistency out of that position i thought we were going to maybe get some competition in for camp uh maybe there is some i maybe i'm wrong on this but Um, I'd like to see one more leg in there just to kind of get him like, you know, threatened because when you don't feel like there's someone going for your job, you're not going to get much better. I don't think I mean, sometimes you just relax a little and then you're thinking, oh, this is mine to, you know, lose. But if there's someone there, maybe that might get him going.
2: So what you're saying is you need other teachers to vie for your job and then you'll teach better.
1: <laughs> Sometimes, I, yeah. Like, I, I mean, uh, no, I hope not for my position. I'm but just kidding. In the NFL, damn straight.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, there's competition at kicker, punter, and long snapper, which is just and bizarre. Say, that,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm with you, obviously. Special teams number 11. Mason Crosby is a lock. Didn't he he made all of his field goals in 2020, missed a couple extra points, which yes. you know is bizarre, fluke, it happens. Hunter yeah. Bradley, I know, had some miscues with his snaps. JK Scott, like you said, is really inconsistent. So hopefully Maury Straighten is the guy to turn it around. Hopefully Amari Rogers can provide a spark there. You know, a lot of these guys that are gonna latch on to like the bottom half of the roster as far as depth is concerned, are the guys that'll be the gunners and will contribute heavily on special teams. So Who
1: hoping your if pick Turner. Mine is Amari Rogers. You have him for both. Well, no. So, wait, do you have someone different at punt returner then? No, I'm going to take him for both right now. Okay. All right. I only had him at punt return and I didn't have one for kick return. I thought maybe MVS, but I think that's just maybe not the right position to put him in. But I just wanted his speed. So that's why I just threw <laughs> him in there. But, or maybe EQ. I don't know.
2: I, yeah. I mean, but that this was fun. I mean, we. Agreed on a couple, not too many, but that's, that's what makes it interesting. I
1: thought we were going to be way worse than this, but uh, we actually had a lot of, uh, similar.
2: <laughs> but Sanjay, thank you so much for helping me fill in for the Pack a Day podcast. Uh, if all of the listeners want to find all of your excellent work on social media, how can they do that?
1: Well, you know, as you said in the beginning, that we are part. Or I am part of a great trio, um, the Freezer <laughs> Podcast with Matt uh, Jensen and Fred Thurston. You could catch us at Game on Wisconsin on Monday nights at six PM. I believe we took your spot, so we have the, <laughs> we got the prime spot before Monday Night Football. Um, so yeah, check us out on there, and you can check us out on the Sweep Studios because that's where all of our uh, videos and content is on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, but yes, check us out there. The the three of us. We, we love what we do and, uh, we, uh, we love having Maggie and Perry too. So, uh, this has been fun.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV. And like Sanjay said, I also do the packs with Cheesehead podcast with Perry Goldstein. Uh, please make sure that you follow the pack a day podcast on Twitter at pack a day podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and like the podcast on all of your favorite listening platforms, whether that's Apple, Google play, Stitcher, however you're listening to the show. Uh, And thank you, as always, for listening to the Pack a Day podcast. Go, Packo.